Welcome to Cognitive Exchange, also known as CE, a student-run, student-led, nonprofit organization founded in 2012 that aims to bring the power of democratic thought through speech and debate to the parts of the world that need it the most. My name is Shreya Holakati. I'm a rising senior at Granite Bay High School, and I have been a part of Cognitive Exchange for five years. My name is Nithya Naraparedi. I'm a rising senior at Folsom High School, and I've been with CE since I was a freshman. And we're the presidents of Cognitive Exchange for the 2020-2021 school year. Cognitive Exchange was started by Satyapreet Das back in 2012 when he was a sophomore at Mariloma High School. He was an avid and celebrated speech and debater with a passion to empower students from developing nations through public speaking and debate. Unfortunately, Satyapreet passed away before graduating high school and was set to go on to his dream school, Carnegie Mellon, with a very significant merit scholarship. By this time, May 2014, the curriculum had already been established and developed by Satyapreet. So his very close friends, Aishwarya Nargauda, Dipra Honda, and Bala Chandrasekharan quickly jumped in and poured their passion and hard work into furthering his legacy in his absence. Later on, Aishwarya graduated from UPenn, Debra from UC Berkeley, and Bala from UIUC. Satyapreet was only a 10th grader when he set out on his journey to inspire people through democratic thought and public speaking, yet he has left behind an exponentially growing global nonprofit. In the States and most other developed nations, we have programs like speech and debate to expose students as young as middle schoolers to public speaking. Perhaps in the past, the art of public speaking hasn't been a necessity, but today, despite whatever career path a child wants to take, their speaking ability and communication skills are arguably the most important tools for their success. Not only does a person's speaking ability impact future interviews or jobs, but also efficiency in performing. It also gives students a voice to speak out and be loud in a community where teens' voices are often obscured. The founders observed that the 21st century skills, including critical thinking, collaboration, networking, creativity, and civic awareness were lacking in the education systems where they're needed the most, and they wanted to start a program to help empower students and give them an opportunity to be more than their socioeconomic situation. Um, to start off, we just want you guys to introduce yourselves and tell us about your initiation into CE and the ups and downs you faced in the beginning. Um, Aishwarya, do you want to start? Uh, I can start. Uh, this is Aishwarya. Um, we got started with Cognitive Exchange, I think in 2013 or so, um, when Litu kind of talked to us about the idea he had that, um, you know, speech and debate was something that was not something a part was not a part of the school system in India um, and was helping students here so much. So wanted to kind of brainstorm ways that we could go about bringing this to schools in India um, and kind of started working on it. And then I think a couple years later in 2015, we kind of had the curriculum together and got started with our first school in India um, and working with a group of, I think around 10 or so students there um, teaching our first class and kind of grown since then we weren't really sure what would happen at that point or if there was going to be value to the classes we were teaching or even the technical logistics of you know being here and teaching classes to students in India um, but kind of working through all of that we've seen it grow and benefit students both here and and in India. Okay um, Bala? Yeah uh, so I'm Bala Chandrasekharan. Um, echoing off of what Aishwarya said, I think um, starting off, it was really small and um, 
the people that we had were just like me, Latu, Ashraya, and Dipra. So we all knew each other fairly well as well. So I think there was less of a um, hump getting over, like getting to know people on the team because we'd known each other for quite a while. And um, we were kind of in this like building phase for um, the majority of the time that I guess we were like operating. Um, only once we like went to college did a lot of people, like more classes start following on. And like, you know, we saw this like massive, um, increase in like the demand for CE. So I guess, um, yeah, early on, I think the biggest struggles we faced were like operating fast and operating like at like a good scope. I think it was really hard for us to initially discern like what was valuable to the people in like to the students that we were teaching in India versus um, what we thought was valuable. I remember struggling with that a lot. Um, but I think like those first couple of years were definitely difficult and like narrowing that down. And then once we got that down, it was uh, easier to scale, it looks like. Yeah, and Dipra? Yeah, hi. Um, my name is Dipra, and I feel like Ashwarya and Bala covered it pretty well. But basically, I was initiated into CE, ironically, while I was at debate camp. Litu called me and asked me, and he told me about his idea that, you know, he felt that there was this vacuum in the Indian collegiate and school system where students weren't enabled to kind of express themselves and come up with ideas. Um, in an in a interesting and dynamic way and he wanted to fill that vacuum and he basically had this idea to create this curriculum that we could then perpetuate from America and help you know solve this this issue and you know this lacking in in the school system and I think it was you know a very interesting journey because we were all in high school at the time and we were just trying to figure out, you know, the best way to build an effective curriculum without having done much pilot testing or anything. So we went through a lot of iterations. It was definitely like a super iterative process where we got, you know, we started out super complicated, but then we just kept making it more and more simple until we found something that worked really well. So for the next question, um, what was your guys' experience like for the first class you taught? So like your interaction with the students and just like how the class went and what you thought about it. So I, I was just, you know, when we were teaching our first class, we had kind of no idea what it was going to look like. And I think we were as nervous as, as the kids we were teaching um, and kind of communicating that. And I think it was interesting to see kind of from the first class to as we progressed, how much they came out of their shell, but definitely when we first started, um, they were very hesitant to kind of speak up and, and even um, introduce themselves. Um, but it was easy to see kind of, they were really excited to to work with us. Um, and I know in our end, the first class we were teaching, um, they were I think second or third year college students and we were um, in high school at the time. So we were kind of nervous about, hey, these kids are older than us. Um, you know, what is what is that dynamic gonna be like? How are we, how are we gonna teach them? How are we gonna communicate with them? Um, are we going to be able to teach them what we want to um, and kind of kind of figuring that out? I can follow on, I guess. Um, yeah, the first class um, was really interesting and I think a struggle on both ends. Um, the way I kind of remember it was, um, for, for me at least, one of the biggest things I struggled with was speaking fast, right? Uh, I remember my uncle kind of standing by the video like by the zoom call telling me to talk slower when I was teaching so um I think there was an inherent kind of like um th th there was a gap that uh I think I was still gauging and I'm sure like the rest of the team was as well so I think obviously really fond memories from teaching that class but I think the first couple of classes were really good in um gauging kind of the pulse of like 
where we stood as teachers versus like where they stood as um, students. And I think that just took like a, uh, a bunch of classes to kind of get used to. Um, but yeah, I, I think like early on, like the first batch of students, I think like we were all growing a lot from like the student side and the teacher side. And it probably took a couple batches for that to really sink in. So not to, you know, just reiterate what Ashraya and Bala said already, but I definitely have very fond memories of the first class just because we had spent so much time planning and working on the curriculum up until that point. So when we finally got to that moment where we were standing in front of the camera and we had all of those students' faces in front of us and we were actually talking to them, I think I remember kind of taking a moment to soak all of that in and I'm glad I did because that's a memory I still have today. I think that when you're younger and you're in high school and stuff, you don't realize that you can plan stuff as much as you want. But once you actually put what you planned into practice, it very rarely goes the way that you would anticipate. And I think this was a very good learning experience for all three of us where very quickly, probably five minutes into the class when we started interacting with the students, we realized, okay, this is going to be really different than how we thought it was going to be. And so we're going to have to be super flexible and really read the room and understand what the students are giving to us and adapt our curriculum accordingly. And kind of, uh, we ended up using this, you know, first batch and these first classes as kind of a pilot um, experience for our curriculum so that we could make the necessary tweaks to it. And um, I think that was a very cool experience. That is pretty rare, I think, for most people at that age. Yeah, I remember teaching my first class at 14 in Jyoti Uncle's living room. And I don't think I'll ever forget that memory. Me and Shay actually taught our first class together. I remember being scared out of my mind, but it was totally worth it at the end of those eight weeks. Um, so as an add-on question, how did the difference in cultures between the students affect how you and how you um, change your teaching style and how did you adapt to the cultural differences? Uh, so I think something different, I were talking about this earlier uh, today, was something that we kind of was really incredible to watch from their end um, when we were starting the classes was they have such a culture of kind of respect um, towards teachers and kind of the opportunity as well. Like they worked kind of, the, most of the students we worked with worked incredibly hard um, kind of outside of their traditional college responsibilities, familial and home responsibilities um, as part of the class. And even though, especially in the beginning when we were younger than a lot of the kids that we were teaching and, um, you know, they they came to the class every week with such respect and, and excitement. Um, and, you know, we were learning so much from the process as well. And it was really humbling uh, to see that and kind of something that I felt like has been important to hold on to moving forward is kind of coming at everything with an open mind and being willing to learn from people um, across the board, regardless of age, just in terms of whatever they might've been exposed to. Um, and I think that was really uh, interesting to see. Um, and I think something else and this, you know, kind of had to do with how the two started it, that there is a huge difference in the education system and then the opportunities here um, versus some of the schools there. Um, but I think something that is something we continue to see as we worked with schools there um, that, you know, they, they are really, really excited about the opportunities they have and there isn't necessarily the same opportunities there um, for education that there are here sometimes. 
Yeah, uh, following on to that. So um, I, I definitely think Litu's original idea kind of stemmed from the fact that, you know, in the United States, we are from a really young age taught to think really critically, right? Um, we're given these tools to kind of like um, debate with people, discuss, disagree with each other. And um, we have like this toolbox already kind of given, right? Um, but in like India, for example, like the, the overall education system is a lot different, right? And um, I think one of the barriers that we definitely, I personally definitely underestimated was um, the ability to like understand like what we're teaching, right? Um, we, we all spent a lot of time crafting out the curriculum and um, trying to reflect what we thought would be useful for them to learn but um, super quickly kind of sidestepped the fact that, you know, there's a underlying language barrier that we didn't really um, factor in as much as we should have. So I think that was a really big learning experience early on. And um, it, it was good that we learned that though, because I think when we started, um, you know, Aishwarya came from a mock trial background, Deborah and I came from a speech and debate background, and we tried to echo kind of the different formats that we had seen. So um, it, it, that's how we crafted the curriculum. And then only when we started kind of testing these out did we realize that like, whoa, we need to kind of take a couple steps backwards and analyze like, what are they really struggling with right now? And how can we still add value while um, still kind of like pushing that general thesis? So um, yeah, th th there were a lot of barriers to start with, but I think that's what made it um, really interesting and exciting. And exciting. Yeah, so I think this has been lightly touched upon by Bala and Ashwarya, but I just wanted to drive home the point a little bit more, is that I think going into it, we had somewhat of an idea because that's how Litu kind of sold it to us, that public speaking isn't as ingrained in the school system in India as much as it is here. I think we didn't realize until the first couple of classes how big that discrepancy was. So one example that Ashwarya and I were actually talking about earlier was that we, one of the tenets of the curriculum was that the students would start out with like brainstorming and writing a five paragraph essay on a topic that we had chosen. And when we got the first draft from everybody of their five paragraph essay, we quickly realized a lot of the prose had been copied, copied and pasted from Wikipedia or other internet resources. And, you know, for us in America, we are like taught in school just because it's a part of the curriculum that like you're not supposed to do that. In India, they focus on other things. Um, so that wasn't something that, that they knew about. And that was something that, you know, I, I remember was kind of um, a, a shock to us. And so the way that we worked around that is that we wanted to really make sure that as much as they would learn how to public speak effectively and you know speak to an audience whether it was an audience of one or an audience of a hundred effectively we also wanted to um, make sure that we completed Litu's goal of also enabling them to think critically for themselves and to write for themselves and so we I remember that we ended up kind of tweaking our curriculum a little bit to focus more on the writing and we also started thinking of topics that would be a little bit more difficult to kind of just research and um, pull information directly from the internet. 
Great. Yeah, I think just adding on to that, um, I think like what you guys did, that was amazing that you came up with like uh, topics where they it taught them to think more critically. Because I think like over the years that Nithya and I have been involved in CE, that's definitely something um, we've seen as well. Like students like sometimes copy from Wikipedia, but then like some topics like the who's the most, who's your most influential person, like those ones just aren't as easy to copy from. Um, okay, so the next question, were there any instances where you felt connected to one of the students or their background stories? Um, I think definitely, especially, um, I, you know, I don't know if different balls feel the same way, but I feel like we were felt very connected to our first class. Given that, um, I know now there's a lot of classes that run in parallel uh, and everything, but at that time it was kind of what there, I think there were 10 or 13 kids in that class and we were just working with them um, every week. And, you know, we were testing out, I think we tested out most levels of our, our curriculum with them as well. And so it was a very iterative process and we worked um, closely with those kids. Uh, and I remember one of the students um, kind of a few years later when he'd kind of been exposed to CE and, and the curriculum for a while, uh, came back and said he wanted to be involved um, as a mentor in the program and kind of work locally with students in India. Um, and, you know, that was kind of part of Latu's original idea on how he wanted this to be executed and he wanted to be able to be grown on the ground within India and have the schools connect to each other there and the students form a community similar to the debate and mock trial communities here. Um, and so that was kind of really exciting to see that actually come together because it seemed so far um, from the impact we could potentially have when we were starting out that class. Yeah, uh, following on to that, I think that there, the, the first batch was definitely really special. I think there are a handful of our students that I'm still like connected with on Facebook. So I think um, that definitely kind of manifested out of that first batch, just because I think we got a lot closer and we were able to like learn from them. Hopefully they were able to learn from us as well. So um, yeah, th there are definitely a handful. And then I think things that helped were, um, I, I think they were also going through like their placements during that time as well. So it was nice to kind of hear that some of the things that we were teaching them um, also helped with their uh, full-time placements for, um, you know, like work. So yeah, th there are a handful of students that still kind of like reach out for like holidays and stuff like that. So I think those definitely um, came out of the first couple batches, I would say. Yeah, so I think one memory that I hold really close to me is that when we finished with our first batch, I remember a lot of the students reaching out to us and telling us, hey, you know, I had a presentation at my internship and I did really well. Um, and I was able to do that because of, you know, the tools that you gave me, or I had an interview and I was able to do really well, um, you know, and so many examples like that. And the reason why that stuck with me so much is because, you know, during that time, like we were in high school, we were going through similar experiences where we were trying to get into college and we were interviewing for internships and we were also trying to further our careers. And it was cool to kind of be assured of the fact that no matter what you know, age we are, no matter what language we speak, no matter what part of the country we're from, all of us are just trying to you know, do the best that we can. And we're just trying to you know, perform to the best of our ability. So I felt really connected to them because I was like, okay, like they're trying to get a leg up just like me. Um, and I'm happy that like, we can help each other to do that because just as much as you know, they say that we helped them, they also helped us a lot. And they gave us these skills that we are still applying today. Yeah, um, for me, there is 
this one student I had recently that really stuck out to me and like her story really touched me. So she was from a school in a really rural part of Pune and I remember um, she couldn't attend like a lot of the classes and she wasn't able to meet like the 80% attendance rule to move on to the next level because her mom was in the hospital so she had to pick up work and she was missing like school not only see classes as well and she would stay behind and like talk to her teacher and like ask to um, like take notes from other students and stuff and like sometimes she would end up like rushing in towards the end of the class to try to present or she would have the teacher like send me recordings of her speeches and stuff like that and that really stuck out to me because from our side it might just seem like a one-hour class we teach once a week but to the students there like it truly does change their life and that made me like really grateful for what I have right now and it really made my heart go out to the students that we teach especially in the rural areas of India. Um, okay, so moving on, our next question is, what were your initial dreams or goals for CE and what are your thoughts on how it's panned out today? It's pretty, uh, pretty crazy to think about because I don't think we could have imagined the scale it's gotten to now, um, even when we were, when we were starting um, and honestly didn't even know how it would continue to grow as we like once we graduated high school and, and it became harder for us to be involved in college and such um, so it's incredible to see see that it's continued to grow um, but I think a big a big part of the overall idea um, still remains true and is kind of very much at the heart of what was being done and, and what is still being done which is um, you know creating this community of people that are sharing ideas feel comfortable um, kind of communicating their thoughts and, and thinking critically about what's going on. And, um, you know, to Deborah's earlier point of us giving them questions and, and topics to engage with that would push them to think beyond, okay, let's copy and paste some facts from an article, but let's more so let's congregate this information and communicate it. Um, and, and seeing that being implemented in the curriculum when we were there to seeing, I think two years ago, they held their first regional competition in India where they had the schools come together and kind of see individuals who had been doing this curriculum and who had particularly succeeded um, within their individual schools come together and compete um, and within that then have the judges come in as a part of that competition be community leaders who were involved in their communities and kind of pushing people in, with, within their communities to think differently about jobs or community service and having these students be connected with them um, is really, really incredible to see. Yeah, following up, um, I think initial goal when we started building was to kind of just get everything to work, right? And um, that took the longest time. I think, uh, you know, I think the, the best goal that I had starting out was kind of like getting through a batch Right. And I thought even like building it in high school, um, it, it, it was hard to imagine like that even happening perfectly. Right. So I think um, that happening was amazing. Us getting to see that in high school was really amazing. And then I think um, the scale at what it's at now is just tremendous. Right. I, I never would have imagined that this would happen. Um, I caught up with Joe Diego a couple of weeks ago and he was telling me like the, the numbers that like how how big CE has grown. And it's just amazing to kind of see that like it's still growing at that level um at least when I graduated I didn't really or I, I knew leadership up to like a couple years out but like um Nithya for example like I, I I didn't know you prior to this right I didn't know um 
uh, I didn't know you. And I think Shreya, I knew your sister. So like I kind of knew you, but that's about it, right? But it's really cool to see that like even after the um, levels of like separation have kind of extended on that CE is still growing really, really big, right? And it's great that like there's always demand for a program like this. So I think it's just awesome to see. And I think it's blown my expectations like out of the water. Yeah, um, I think that, you know, obviously Ashwarya Bal and I started all of this together. So we probably had like similar visions. I think that my vision is probably best, you know, described and kind of the experience of the very first day when we had our first class with our first batch. I remember we asked all of them to come up to the camera and introduce themselves. And we rem I remember talking with Aishwarya and Bala after and saying like, oh my God, they were so shy. Um, how are we going to get them to like come out of their shells? And by the end of the class, um, by the end of the, like the curriculum, the, you know, however many weeks that we were working with them, watching them come up and give their final presentations in the competition, um, it was like such a cool feeling. And I think somebody edited together a video of the first time they ever introduced themselves to the camera. And then when they made their final speech and like watching that video was like, I don't, I haven't felt like a feeling similar to that in a really long time because you very, you know, very few times you can actually see like the fruits of your label labor. So like tangibly. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, I think when I saw that video, I realized like that's kind of all I want is like, if I can help even one person come out of their shell and feel confident in themselves and feel like they can talk to people and they can, you know, hold a crowd's interest. Like I, you know, would think of that as like such a gift that I got the opportunity to, to, to do that. So, yeah, I think just like adding on to that, I think seeing the way, like how much C has grown as um, Bala, you were saying, like it feels as though we like almost grew overnight because I remember in like early like August of 2018 we started with like our regular like 17 teachers and we were like oh like maybe we'll get to like 50 teachers by the end of the year and it was just crazy because like in January we had our train the trainer and out of nowhere we suddenly had like 90 teachers and it pretty much just grew exponentially and even still like we're still growing so exponentially that every train the trainer we hold or informational session we hold we always have like there at least like 30, a minimum of 30 um, students that show up that are interested and a lot of them are like seventh and eighth grade now and this is something that they're really passionate about and they really want to participate in so i think just seeing the way it's grown has been pretty crazy um the next question so looking back what do you wish you would have known when you started your ce journey and what advice do you what advice would you have given yourself or would you give to current ce teachers um lots of things uh i guess hindsight is 2020 so i think there's a lot of things we would have done um differently, uh, at that point um i think this was kind of mentioned earlier by bala and dipra but from a curriculum perspective, um, when we first started off, we were kind of building these very complex debate formats and curriculum for that um, and kind of reverse engineered from there when we realized in actuality what the classes should be structured like at the beginning um, to a point of, okay, how do you structure um, an argument and, and starting from that. And then from growing an organization perspective, um, like you were just talking about, is we didn't really consider how we were going to grow the organization on the ground here um, or what it was going to scale to or how we could best build um, an organization or a curriculum that would scale. We hadn't even thought that we would need something like 
train the trainer. Uh, we used to teach, we would teach one class at a time. We would have 10 people at my house, nine people sitting on the stairs and one person actually teaching the class at any given point in time, uh, which is not necessarily the best usage um, of resources. Uh, but I think kind of on the flip side of that, I, you know, we didn't, didn't know much better at that time. Um, and there was a lot of learning and iterating that we were doing through the process. Um, and, you know, we've spoken a lot about how much we've learned, you know, kind of in, in teaching the students. Um, and we've also learned a lot in growing the organization. Um, so that's been, you know, kind of exciting. I think I do things differently now because of what I learned through how we did that process. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, starting out now uh, definitely didn't, like, like I said, right, I definitely didn't expect it to get to the size that it did. I think um, knowing how big it is now, I would love to have um, kind of like thought about how to grow it even more. I think one of the things that we struggled with early on was actually recruiting because um, we kind of recruited out of our own um, like family networks and like social networks, right? Um, but like knowing that CE was able to grow this big, it would have been amazing to um, kind of like push the pedal on that a little bit more. Um, I think when, when we were first building our, um, our mindset was very much like, you know, we have to get like XYZ done and like, it's really hard to like think past those things. But um, in terms of recruitment, like I, I know we struggled with that a lot and it would have been cool to kind of like rethink how we approach that. Cause I know a lot of the things that we didn't quite get working in recruiting, like establishing the high school clubs and whatnot are like thriving now, right? There are like different clubs, um, high school clubs for CE. So um, those kinds of things, it's good that we thought of those things, but it would have been nice to kind of like push on them more because now they're working. And I think um, we, we had like the right idea at least to start with. Yeah, so, you know, when I think about this question, I am like a huge firm believer in that, you know, you can always look back and think about all these things that you could have done differently. But the truth is that maybe if you had done them differently, you wouldn't have ended up at the same point. And I really love where we ended up. And I will always like take those memories of us, you know, teaching those classes, you know, with all the people sitting on the stairs and, you know, um, all of us, you know, um, laughing with each other. I'll, I'll always have those memories with me. Um, I think that maybe one thing that I wish I would have been able to get more involved in before I kind of phased out um, would have been kind of just standardizing um, how we train like new teachers. Um, I think we had just started working on it around the time I started phasing out, but I think that's also a cool, um, you know, mentorship opportunity and a cool way to kind of perpetuate values that, we all believe in as a part of this organization. Um, the other thing that I wish we could have done differently is, um, I don't know why we chose that orange color scheme for the slides. I wish we picked a, a color that was more <laughs> easier on the eyes. Um, but uh, I think that's pretty much it. Great, thank you. Um, so our last question is, what life lessons did CE teach you and how has has those life lessons changed you today? Um, I guess kind of in line, in line with the last question, I mean, I've learned so many things from logistical execution to communication um, to, you know, working hard at something. I think it was, we put in, put in a lot of time, some of it effectively, some of it not as effectively um, over, <laughs> over the couple of years we were, we were doing it, um, but, you know, enjoyed every part of it and 
so I think that was that was incredible and I think it was you know exciting to see it was one of the first times where I think I saw it come together where if you really really put a lot into something it can grow into something that you could never have even imagined and I think this is um, this is an example of that um, and I think you just how much you can learn from the people around you you know I think I learned from the kids in India and the teachers we were working with I learned from you know my dad and Josie uncle on from their expertise on how we should approach this um, you know from Litu on being so passionate about something I learned from Dipran Bala as we were iterating through everything on on how to bring it together um, and learned from you know Jenna and Shreya and Shreya who took it over after us on what we could have done better what we needed to communicate to them on how to grow it um, so I think that was that was really cool to see yeah uh, I think life lessons that C has taught me um, twofold I think one is kind of it's really good to like be surrounded with people that you you trust when you're working and kind of building something, right? I think starting off, I can't even like imagine the amount of times Aishwarya or Dipra has like covered for me when I have um, haven't been able to teach a class or haven't been able to like finish deliverable, right? So um, one, like the people you choose to work with are really, really important. And then two, I think the things that you decide to dedicate your time to are really, really important, right? And I say this, um, not just for CE, but outside of CE. I think the mindset in high school is to kind of join everything, right? And then the mindset in college is to continue to join everything. And then finally, when you like exit college, you're kind of like, okay, I only like one or two things. Um, I think the fact that CE has continued to kind of transcend those timelines and still be one of those things that you really care about uh, speaks like a lot to the potential CE has and the impact that CE has had on me so far, right? So um, yeah, just being super valuable with your time and picking like the right people to work with or two takeaways. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I would definitely echo what um, Bal and Aishwarya said. I think for me, one thing that, you know, I was thinking about when I was talking to Aishwarya about this earlier is that, you know, um, when we first started out, like the, the people that we are, were teaching were older than us and they never let us feel it, you know? Um, they could have easily been like, you know, we're older than you guys, like, who do you think you are, like, teaching us how to do something, um, you know, like, stop, but they weren't, like, we were all on the same playing field, we felt like we were peers with them, and we felt like we were all working together to achieve, you know, some, some bigger purpose and some bigger goal, and I think the life lesson that comes from that is that I think, like, no matter what you do and whatever you go into in life, you should go into it with, like, some level of humility, and not think of yourself as, you know, I'm so much better than, you know, these people I'm going to be working with, or, oh my God, I'm going to be so much worse than the people I'm going to be working with. I think if you go into anything with a really good attitude and level expectations, you can have, you know, really, a really good experience. And I think that first batch that we had, like, it wouldn't have been such a good experience if Aishwarya Bala and I, you know, Veb of Uncle, Jyoti Uncle, everybody involved, you know, if we didn't have such a good attitude about it and if we hadn't gone into it with like a level of humility that we were going to go into it we we're going to learn we we're going to take as much out of it as we could but then similarly the batch that we were teaching they also had like such an incredible attitude and they were so open-minded and they were so willing to improve and that is like such a big deal because it's very hard for most people to take constructive criticism and actually improve themselves on it so I think for me you know they actually taught me by example how to go into stuff and how to make myself a moldable coachable person because there's always more you can learn and there's always 
more you can improve on. Like, yes, we were teaching them how to get better at public speaking because we knew how to do it, but they taught us how to work hard and take something seriously, no matter what stage in life you're at. So I would say that's my life lesson. Okay. Thank you guys so much um, for every, for your life lessons and all that. And then giving us your time. We really appreciate it. And yeah, thank you for letting us interview you guys for a podcast.